praise the Lord. This is Dr. Ruth. I want to thank all of you who have supported us and continue to support us financially with your donations so we can produce uh, these uh, podcast teachings to bless many, many others. I am thanking you uh, from the bottom of my heart, and I know that the Lord is blessing you back. And if you have not yet uh, blessed us with a financial donation, please consider doing so, so that we can pay for studio time to produce more teachings and uh, reach many, many more people. Uh, to donate into this podcast ministry is really simple. We have a safe and secure website. Here is the address for your donation. Uh, the address is drruthtiny.org slash donate. Again, drruthtiny.org slash donate. And if you live here in the USA, you can use Zelle. And here is a Zelle telephone number where you can send in your donations. It is 909-501-9031. Again, 909-501-9031. We also receive donations through Cash App. Here is the cash app address, is the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Again, the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. And from the bottom of our hearts, here at the ministry, we say thank you for your donations. And we are trusting God will bless you back, even as you join hands with God and our ministry to advance his work. Again, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. That brings us to chapter 11. What is the gist of chapter 11? In chapter 11 is the same theme, loving and obeying God. Okay, Moses is going to emphasize again the importance of loving God, obeying God. Really, that is really it. This really is the, is the summary of the Christian walk. Loving God and obeying God with all of your heart. And Jesus himself said it. That the greatest commandment is loving God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. I am just paraphrasing the scripture. So, so really, our relationship with the Lord is a love relationship through Christ. We see that here, evident throughout the Old Testament. It's about loving God because he loves us. And how do we show that love? We show that when we obey God and we serve him, boy, I cannot say this enough. Do you love God? When people see your lifestyle, do they see God in your lifestyle? If you were to be arrested for being a Christian, would people see evidence of God in your life? Mm-hmm. I'm asking you. Would people see evidence of God in your family, in your career, in your business dealings, in what comes out of your mouth? Truly, this is something that each of us have to pause and evaluate every day. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad, but we really have to reflect on God's love for us. And the greatest commandment is love. Are we obeying God? 
Are we serving God? We can say we love God all we want. Talk is cheap. Even the devil can parrot, I love God, I love God, but his actions prove otherwise. <laughs> the book of James teaches us that. So this is not meant to make you upset. It's meant for you to evaluate what kind of fruit, i.e., what kind of actions am I leaving behind me? Is it godly? Because if it is, it is godly, you can rest assured that you love God and you are showing that. And if your actions are inconsistent with the God of the Bible, then you just need to grow in that area and learn how to really walk in love and obey God. And it's God that will walk through you. You don't have to do it on your own because you can't. All right. So going back to chapter 11, the gist of this chapter is love, 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 and obeying the Lord, obeying the Lord, obeying the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1, Moses continued Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Verse 2. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, his majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm. Verse 3. The signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his whole country. Wow, this is powerful. Moses is telling this second generation Israelites, remember, it was not your children who saw the love of God in operation when he delivered you from the hands of Pharaoh. When he performed all those miracles, it was not your children. It was you, you yourself and you who saw this firsthand. In essence, Moses is saying that you second generation Israelites have tested the goodness of God. You have seen firsthand eyewitness evidence, his miracles for you. You have no excuse. There are people today who would tell you that, well, I haven't seen God in my life, even though God died on the cross for you. Mm -hmm. That is God in your life. <laughs> but there are still people who would say, well, I don't, I don't see God, God, God present in my job. I don't see God present in my family. Well, <laughs> God is always present. Maybe you need to evaluate what you mean by God in your presence. Because if you are trying to sense God emotionally, you can't and you won't. And that is the wrong way to do it. Because we are told throughout the scripture, <laughs> God is a spirit. And those who come to him must come to him by faith. And we walk by faith, okay, and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5, 7. And, and God has displayed himself to us fully, his love for us on the cross, and he has given us his word. So God is always present. So we have enough tangible evidence of the workings of God in our midst. But some people just want more. You know what? You have to take these things by faith, believe them, put them to practice, and then your faith will be quickened to know that God is always with you. Because he is. That is a promise. So these Old Testament people did not even have the, the Holy Spirit indwelling them. God had displayed his miracles 
in their midst, they heard the audible voice of God. They experienced the theophany. Okay, so Moses is saying, you saw all this. You crossed the Red Sea miraculously. You survived in the wilderness. It wasn't your children. It was you. You experienced these miracles. In verse 6, he went on to say that they saw what God did to Dethem and Abiram. Remember that story? How the earth swallowed them alive? We discussed this in the book of Numbers. They saw all this. In verse 7, Moses said, But it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Exactly what I had been saying. Verse 8, Observe therefore all the commandments I am giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Verse 9, and so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give to them and their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. Boy, Moses is like, you saw all this. Obey the Lord so that you may have strength to overcome. So Moses is linking obedience with strength. True obedience means you are walking with the Lord and God will be walking through you and you will be strengthened and you will be able to overcome and you're going to live a long life because God's protection will be your portion. Moses is warning them just like God is telling us the same today. The land, this is verse 10, the land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt. Moses just went on to say that this is a prosperous land. Okay. The land is rich. The presence of the Lord is there. That's what those verses went on to say. In verse 12, it is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. Verse 13. So, if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Verse 14. All the way through verse uh, 15 just went on to list the blessings the Lord would keep the land rich. He would send rain to nourish the land and the soil and the harvest would be plentiful. Verse 15 talks about how the Lord would provide enough grass for the field, for their livestock to be fed. Again, highlighting God's blessing, abundant blessings to them if they obey. It's conditional upon their obedience. Verse 16, be careful or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you. He went on to warn them again about obeying the Lord to prevent his wrath against them. We come to verse 18. Fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Verse 19, teach them to your children, 
talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Verse 20. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Verse 21. So that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Powerful. Again, highlighting how the Israelites should truly take God's commandments, his teachings, and make it their priority. Place it in the forefront of their homes, plaster it all over the place, and teach it to their children. Really just highlighting how it's only when they take the word of God and make it an integral part of their daily existence, Will they be able to obey it and see success and inherit the promise that is still the same to us? Okay, we are told out of Romans 12 that we should not be conformed to the patterns of this world, meaning that we should not do things like people in the world or like the unbelievers do. Rather, we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Transform there. That word in the Greek means like a metamorphosis where there is like a 180 degree ch uh, change. Such as you take water, you put in the freezer and it becomes ice. And the way we do that as New Testament believers is we take the words of God, we meditate on it daily, we study the word of God, we ponder on its truths, we carry it with us. On a 4x4 four four card, we listen to it, we take it seriously. As we do those things, the Word of God will change us effortlessly from the inside out. It would change the way we look at life. It would change the way we make decisions. It would change the way we approach everything we do. It's only when we take the Word of God that seriously... We believe that the word of God is life. We believe that the word of God is the only source of wisdom. We believe that the word of God is the only reliable roadmap to this world. When we take the word of God that seriously, we meditate on it. We think about it and we use it. We practice it. Then we will inherit all the promises of God in the Bible, just like Moses was telling these Israelites that when they take his commandments, the word of God, write it on their door frames, write it in their homes, teach it to their children, make it an integral part of their life. Then, as they put it to practice, they will obey, they will show that they love God. They will be focused on the Lord and they will be able to inherit the promise. So true. That hasn't changed. It's the same principle. It's only the word of God that can change lives if we believe it. That is so true. So that is what Moses was teaching these people. And like I had just explained, still applicable to us today. Verse 22 if you carefully observe all these commands I am giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience. Verse 23, then the Lord will drive out all the nations before you. Again, it's a conditional blessing to the Israelites, depending on their obedience to the Lord. Then the Lord would displace their enemies. 
Okay, verse 24. Every place where you set your foot will be yours if they obey. Your territory, your territory will extend. So Moses is just saying that if you obey the Lord, he will bless you and give you more land. That is what all of those uh, verses are saying. Then we come to verse 25. No one will be able to stand against you if they obey the Lord. <laughs> the Lord your God, as he promised you, will put the terror and fear of you on the whole land wherever you go. Depending on if they obey the Lord, these are all conditional promises based on their obedience. You know, I know some of you may be listening to me and you did not know that God's promises in the Bible are conditional depending on your obedience. You have to obey before you can inherit some of these blessings. I really hope that as I am going through these verses, God is speaking to you through me for you to know that you can pray all you want if you don't practice the word of God and obey God, your prayers won't be answered. I'm sorry, that is true. Because if you are not obeying the Lord, if you are, if your lifestyle is contrary to the teachings of the Bible and you are just depending on your prayers to get godly results, that is one reason why your prayers are not answered. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible teaches us that when we pray outside of God's will, God does not answer. Mm -hmm. And what is God's will? All these commandments we are going over. <laughs> the will of God is the word of God for you. The will of God for the believer is God's teachings from the book of Genesis through the book of Revelation. So if you want God to answer your prayers, you pray in accordance with his will. As expressed throughout the Bible, you practice it in faith and trust God with the results. God is faithful. He will answer that prayer. So, uh, we come to verse 26. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. This is a popular scripture. Verse 27. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God, that I am giving you, just like I have been saying all along, obedience, obedience. Yes, it is obedience. Verse 28, the curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you. So Moses is just saying that today I lay before you the blessings and the curses you choose. Mm -hmm. So um, he just went on to say that, again, Going back here to verse, verses 20, 26 through 27 is really highlighting the concept of free will that God has given us a choice to choose the blessings or the curse. And I know that as a New Testament believer who is indwelt with the Holy Spirit and sealed, according to Ephesians 1.13 and many other scriptures, if you are a true follower of Christ, you cannot be possessed by the devil and a, de a, a demonic spell cannot take root in your life because you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But when Christians disobey the Lord and they walk in disobedience, they open the door for the enemy Satan to bring demonic 
attacks into their lives and to essentially torture them, which may seem like a curse on the outside, but it is not because as a Christian, you can stop disobeying God if you are practicing sin. You can stop, repent, and the blood of Jesus uh, will cleanse you and you can stand up in the name of the Lord and rebuke the enemy and you would be restored. But when a Christian opens the door for the enemy to come into their life and then they have to deal with uh, fear, worry, anxiety, restlessness, those are all forms of curses that is never, never from the Lord. But it's just because that Christian might have opened the door due to sin and allowed the enemy to come into their life and is wreaking havoc and is bringing a lot of destruction. And the Lord would allow that because the Christian is, is living in sin and disobedience. So a lot of times people suffer needlessly and God in his love and compassion is just waiting for people to repent. So if you are a Christian who is struggling with, with disobedience and you're, you don't have the, the, the joy of the Lord in your life and you are struggling, repent. Repent. And you may not have committed a sin. You may just be too busy with work, with just the cares of this world. You're not in constant fellowship with the Lord, and so you're experiencing dissatisfaction and anxieties. Just repent and, and really make God preeminent in your life, and everything else will fall in place. So um, the rest of these verses here, verse 29, all the way to the end of chapter 11, just Again, highlighting the principle of obeying the Lord and walking in obedience. That way, the Israelites would be blessed. And that last verse there, verse 32, Moses went on to say, Be sure that you obey all the decrees and laws I am setting before you today. So that brings us to the end of uh, chapter 11 out of, out of the book of Deuteronomy. Again, with a major principle being obedience which is the, one of the major principles across the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, so what are the major principles and applications we have learned from chapters um, 8 through 11? Principle number one, remembering God in times of prosperity. Okay, we talked about that, how... Most people would seek God when they are struggling with poverty or hardship or problems. But once they are delivered from those problems and once they are prosperous, at least in their own eyes or in the eyes of society, unfortunately, most people would not seek God, which is horrible because, like I said before, uh, when you're prosperous, when everything is going well, that is when you need to pray some more. Okay, the second major principle here is that of God's faithfulness, which we have seen. And Moses really highlighted that, that the children of Israel were a stiff-necked people who did not deserve God's uh, blessings. And God did not choose them because of their righteousness, but it was because of God's uh, faithfulness and his oath or covenant to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They did not deserve it. 
Likewise, we don't deserve God's blessings. It's only because of the grace of God and the mercy of God and Jesus Christ who died in our place and has paved the way for us to, to receive God's blessings if we walk in obedience. So that principle is the same for us today. And the next uh, principle is that of reverential fear for God. This is important because uh, even as a doctor, there are many people who have diseases uh, linked with fear. They have a pathological fear of everything, and they just translate that to their relationship with God. I really need to say that that is not the type of fear that the Bible is talking about. God loves us. God desires a relationship with us. That is obvious. He came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ and died on the cross for us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. That veil has been torn from top to bottom. We can approach God directly in the name of Jesus, of course, and talk to God. The fear here is a healthy, reverential fear because God is our creator. So we should approach him in reverential fear, awe, and respect. So if you have uh, issues with fear, please don't, don't, don't have that kind of fear towards God. You approach God in boldness and God wants to hear from you. Okay, and uh, the other major uh, principle that we learned is that of, of course, uh, again, I cannot stress this enough, loving God. I mean, unconditionally loving God, whether or not he answers our prayers. Because when we are desiring something from the Lord and we pray, 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 and we are not seeing the result, many things could be in operation. We could be praying outside of God's will. It could be that the timing is wrong, okay? God is, is, is preserving something better for us in the future. Or it could just simply mean that that is not best for us. God knows all things. So we have to love God whether or not that prayer is answered. Trusting that God knows what he is doing. I mean, God truly knows. I, I cannot express this enough. When I was fighting cancer, those first five years, there were things that I prayed I didn't see immediate answer. I just had to stand by the word of God and say, God, you love me. Your word is true. You are faithful. I'm going to just stand. And guess what? All those prayers were answered eventually because my faith wasn't where it needed to be. At least in my case, that was uh, one of the reasons as I learned later on. So there could be many reasons why you may not be seen and answered prayer. That does not mean that you should stop loving God, continue to love God, continue to serve him. God is doing a mighty work. Trust God. God is awesome. Boy, I cannot explain that enough. So I already went into the application here. But just to highlight some of the major applications here, which I already expressed before, we have to be very mindful and actually spend more time in the presence of God and pray more when we are successful or when we are prosperous, when, we, when God has blessed us with everything we think we need. The kids are doing well in school. The bank account is plentiful. 
There's plenty of groceries. We have the gold and the silver and we have the blessed relationships. That is the time in our lives where we are very vulnerable because the enemy is going to kick in and, and say, oh, you did all that on your own and it, it can lead to pride. So when we are enjoying apparent success, we should invest more time with the Lord praying, okay, so we can be more dependent on him knowing that without him, we could not have attained what we have attained. And as we spend more time with the Lord, focus on him more, that in and of itself is a perfect antidote to fight off uh, the enemy who may want to sneak into your life and deceive you by causing you to be proud, okay? So uh, those were the major principles and application out of this chapter, and I hope you received that. But this has been an awesome, awesome um, few chapters here, learning about the love of God and obedience. So Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you. I am so excited. And I just hope that the listeners are just excited too, because we are learning a lot from you. We just thank you that these principles are so very much applicable to our lives today. Lord, teach us how to be humble people. Teach us how to practice your word. Teach us how to obey you. Teach us how to love you because we don't even know on our own. We thank you for your such a good God, for you answer our prayers. You are a faithful God. So Father God, Today, I am believing by faith that all of the listeners are blessed today and always, that you go before them, that you are taking these truths and teaching them how to apply it into their individual lives, Father God, because you want to relate to each of us individually. Help us with this endeavor. And we have prayed all this in the mighty name of our friend, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ and everybody says amen today is a day the Lord has made so rejoice in it as you proceed with the rest of your day I am Chris Horan goodbye <laughs>